Welcome back to the Quiet On Set podcast. I'm Ewan Graf and I'm joined by my good old friend, Lachlan Teeley. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm very excited for this episode. You know, Lachlan, something that I'm also super excited about is the upcoming Sundance Film Festival, which by the time you are listening to this, you know, it's already going on uh, and will have for a couple of days, but you still should have the opportunity to see at least some of the films or maybe catch the awards pass for the films that end up, you know, taking a uh, award or something. There's some passes for that. Nonetheless, if you want quick coverage, the best place for that would be my Twitter, where we'll post really short reviews right after I see a film. And then usually the day after, you'll find a full review on the UN Graph podcast. So if you haven't heard about it already, maybe you didn't hear that I did uh, launch a spin-off show that uh, features a bunch of filmmakers in interviews. I already did an interview with the producer and director of a film from the international documentary feature section. So you can check that out right now over on the UN Graph podcast. And the first few reviews for the films I caught at Sundance should also already be up there. So that's uh, the UN Graph podcast currently available uh, on Spotify. I don't think we are on Apple Podcasts yet, but uh, leave those uh, ratings over there. It helps uh, grow the show a lot and we hope to feature even more guests and interviews on that show in the future so uh yeah give it a listen it's really bite-sized really short concise uh reviews that you get over there so um yeah i'd really appreciate it so i feel like that's uh enough introduction enough shouting out <laughs> and we'll tell you about what's actually coming up in the show uh so i got some quick reviews for new releases like the tender bar i'm your man and house of gucci I also got some thoughts on the continuation of Dexter and the new series that just launched uh, the spin-off. Speaking of spin-offs from How I Met Your Mother, that's called very creatively How I Met Your Father. Then we'll unmask the ghost face killer in our review of the new Scream film from 2022. Not the original, that's the other show, right? And don't worry, we'll start it off spoiler-free, but we do want to get into uh, the meat of it and actually talk full spoilers later on. So. Um, we'll have an adequate spoiler warning once we get around to that. But uh, if you are interested in anything specific, check the show notes. There should be um, time codes for everything that we are about to talk about today. And I don't want to, you know, waste more time on um, shouting stuff out. But, uh, you know, consider leaving those reviews, join the Patreon. You know what to do. They're all linked below. And uh, let's jump into the news. So uh, we are looking at two trailers uh, today and first off being yet another spin-off. Today is kind of a spin-off show, I feel like. Uh, and that is Human Resources, a spin-off from um, Big Mouth that takes place in, I guess, the human resource department, I guess, of uh, the creatures that, you know, uh, guide and represent certain feelings and emotions for the teens. But Lachlan, what did you make of this trailer? Are you on board for Human Resources? I'm a big fan of Big Mouth and I think the comedy hits most of the time. So when it's just not going to be kids anymore, it's just going to be a bunch of e hormonal, uh, emotional wrecks of animals, of, of, of monsters, I should say, sorry. Um. Yeah, no, I'm very keen for it uh, just because uh, it's not as awkward as me watching kids talk about sex, and even though it's an animated form. Right. Uh, you still feel slightly uncomfortable. It does, yeah. Uh, but when it's just a bunch of monsters who are emotionally wrecked, uh, yeah, I fucking love it. I mean, it could be fun if they, like, banter about all the fucked up shit that they 
like see all day and i feel like that could be the joke but i feel like how big mouth works um when it does work is making stuff kind of relatable and picking the humor uh taking the humor uh, taking the piss uh on it no wait i'm losing my it i'm losing my idioms because i've been in switzerland for too long it's tearing me apart lisa tearing me apart lisa i did not kill her i did not did not Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> and now I just have a, like a visual image of Mark Zuckerberg just mm. staring at me down with his lizard eyes. I'll probably check this out as well. Although I am a bit skeptical as to like why do we need a spinoff when they work quite well as like you know having the core monsters kind of be there all the time, and then you have seasonally in a sense you introduce other ones and then they leave. But I guess it's more of like a workplace mm. thing. I assume they'll take a spin on a couple different already, you know, existing shows, um, the way that it is like set in an office and this is like their job. So this could be quite entertaining. It also could be a bit of a flop. We'll remain um, interested and keep it on the radar. Um, something that is also quite interesting to us is uh, the new show, Moon Knight, that is going to premiere on Disney+. Plus. March it's 30th. a TV show? It is a TV show, yeah. Oh, I thought it was a movie. Oh, you thought it was a movie? Oh, that's interesting. No. Yeah, I thought it was a film. Oh, wow. I'm completely wrong. I'd say it's probably another six episode show. It, it also feels like it could be like a, a 40, 45, 50 minute show. Um, the way it comes across. I hope across. it's longer episodes. I really hope that they're longer episodes. Yeah, I, I hope so too, because I just want to get as much of Oscar Isaac in the lead role and um, Ethan Hawke as the antagonist. I'm intrigued. Uh, we're both not familiar with the IP, I guess, of the character. Unfortunately not. It looked quite intriguing and very trippy so far. And uh, I guess, I don't know, I, I, hate to, I hate to say it because it's like, it's not that imaginative, but it's like, it's at least a little bit different than what Marvel usually does. And everyone said that with WandaVision. I didn't really feel that way. I thought it was just a bit of more of the same reference stuff. But here it feels like leaning more into the you know, the psychological thriller aspects and pairing that with action. Yeah. Sounds pretty intriguing to me. And <laughs> I like the way that they uh, ended the trailer at the end when it was like he was jumping, leaping across two rooftops and then, um, you know, the logo from Disney came in. One of the few times that I enjoyed seeing the Disney logo come on. <laughs> it was very charming. And yeah, that's it for the trailers this week. Uh, new releases this week on Friday, January 21st. Uh, Serenio out in limited release. Uh, we'll cover that movie once it hits a wider release. We also got Munich, The Edge of War over on Netflix. The King's Daughter and War Hunt in limited release. Actually not familiar with these last three, but I guess if you're interested in them, they are out this week. Uh, but Lachlan, let's get to uh, what we've been watching. So have you been watching anything this week? I watched fuck all this week. <laughs> What's fuck all? <laughs> fuck all is nothing. I've watched fuck all. Interesting. Yeah, I, I guess I'm I'm covering for you. I'll I'll keep my thoughts very brief on You've this. You've got stuff. like enough films in there to cover both of us. I just I haven't watched anything other than Scream, which is unfortunate because I wanted to go see uh Licorice Pizza. Yeah, which I guess we know we'll cover next. We week. will cover it next week. Uh, by the way, because it is coming out right here, and I did already see it like a month ago. Uh, I do have a review ready that will be out on the UN Graph podcast today so if you want to hear our thoughts like oh my thoughts at least right now you can go check that yeah, out not our, you can't, yeah I, I might just pop in the podcast and say i haven't seen it yet it's the collective royal we you know <laughs> i see myself as royalty over on that podcast yes that's why i said our thoughts because you're the, you're the host <laughs> yes I, I write emails that way as well even if uh, it's just interviews that i do i always say like oh we are interested in stuff instead of i but that was just a <laughs> tidbit for the people i'm emailing with if they ever listen to this but uh 
uh, yeah, the movies that I watched, well, uh, brief thoughts on them. Um, the Tender Bar was the Amazon Prime movie that released uh, recently that was like based on true events type of thing, similar to Hillbilly Elegy, where it's like, uh, I'm a smart kid and I like to read and I want to be a journalist, but I'm in this town and kind of stuck here, but now I'm breaching out and my own person and my dad kind of sucks. And it's basically a movie where you get to do Ben Affleck is your uncle roleplay. And uh, I'm pretty sure that, you know, with Amazon Prime, it soon will be out on the Alexa so you can actually roleplay while you're laying in bed. Um, but that's that movie. It was decent. It didn't blow me away. Then I watched I'm Your Man. That's the Oscar shortlisted German film. It's about the future of relationships and maybe how you cope with loneliness, amongst other things. And it's a very interesting subject where uh, there's like a robot that's supposed to fulfill all your needs based on the profile that it made for you. And it kind of works and the implications that that has for someone who's not like open for that or maybe wants to be alone. And like, it is a very interesting movie overall. It is very German though. <laughs> I say increasing the Germanness in my speech. Uh, and it has the proper amount of German charm, I'd say as well. So uh, I give it a, a, a hesitant shout out. But uh, if you're open for those kind of thought experience, uh, go check out Army Your Man. Then I watched the Dexter reboot, or I don't even know, there's probably a proper name for it if you ask some of the Scream characters, but uh, Dexter New Blood had its uh, limited continued season of the back end of season 10, where, spoiler alerts, Dexter didn't die, he just rode into a hurricane and then became a uh, lumberjack, I guess. And it kind of tells that story, I, I don't know if that was in the trailers, but uh, his kid shows up as well, and it basically goes down the story that you would expect from it, he... I guess, is, you know, killing again. Otherwise, there would be no tension. And then the implications that that has for his relationship with his son. And that's basically the whole season. It was it was okay. It was it was all right. I would have preferred if they wouldn't have done um, him narrating over it all. That was a bit cheesy. I feel like we've gotten past that. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty all right. And speaking of things to get past, I also watched the first two episodes of How I Met Your Father. And somehow in 2022, we still have a show with a laugh track <laughs> and, and apparently there's studies that like if you show the same thing to people uh with and without a la laugh track even if the show like did they, they hate the laugh track people are more likely to go watch more episodes of that tv show if there is a laugh track wait i don't know this how am i supposed to know when to laugh though oh yeah i hate i hate when i laugh don't uh, you at, know like, like don't you know when you like don't you feel awkward when you're by yourself and you laugh at something that's not actually funny in a, in a sitcom um, that is very embarrassing. Yeah. So you should, right? yeah. The to the point of it is the fact that it, it, it cues you to laugh. <laughs> Brilliant. It is, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess that collective feeling of watching something together, I don't know if that is still needed in our internet age because we, I don't know, we, we, we consume content differently. Maybe that's just like really yeah. off base, but it was pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm probably not going to continue. That was just curious and wanted to give my quick thoughts on it, but it's it's not good. Also something that wasn't, as good as I had hoped it would be, was House of Gucci. So I'm going to keep this review short and sweet. So uh, I probably did a better job than Jared Leto. <laughs> Just reading that. Because like that's basically everyone in this movie. They add an A at the end of every word that they say. And that's the Italian impression. It is so thick. I don't know if this wanted to be somehow a bit of a comedy, but it's also very serious. Like the trailers made it out to be kind of a, a, a like quick, quick paced, um, fun movie. It's not. <laughs> not at all. It looks really dull. Uh, and if you had to choose between two Ridley Scott films from 2021, go for The Last Duel. I don't think House of Gucci is worth it. You know, it, it has that flair of being based on true events of the Gucci family, 
it also tells that story kind of in a lame way. It, it really wasn't as exciting and I was quite disappointed by it. And it is so odd that some people consider Jared Leto's performance good. Like, it's not as bad as some people say it is, but it is very distracting <laughs> overall. Like, he's in a completely different movie from everyone else. Uh, but that is it for uh, what I've been watching. So, Lachlan, uh, let's get to a Scream 2022. There's certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground. Twenty-five years after a streak of brutal murders shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro, a new killer has donned the ghost face mask and begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past. So that is Scream from 2022. And uh, currently, it's been received quite uh, well over on Letterboxd, the 3.7, on IMDb, a 7.3, on Metacritic, only a 60. And it comes from the director, or one of the directors, I believe, from Ready or Not, uh, a horror film that I quite enjoyed. So, uh, Lachlan, what did you think of this requel <laughs> of Scream? Is very good. Is very good. Is good. Yeah, it gets the approval stamp I from it. Lachlan. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It gets, it gets the uh, Lachlan Teeley's stamp of approval. Yeah. Uh, because there is a version of this film that, obviously, for those of you who haven't seen Scream, Scream made a massive impact on the horror space by making fun of horror films and taking the absolute piss out of horror films. And, and, and with that, people loved it. Because it it knew what it was what it was mm. and knew and it knew what it was trying to be and it went past that. There's a version of this film because it it goes even harder into the meta ness of Scream. It, there's a version of this film that's too far. Right. Yeah. And what makes me happy is that the directors who did Ready or Not, if you didn't know, these guys knew the point that was too far and they were able to take a step back from that and they have made one of the best. Uh, scream films in a while. So honestly, this is this is really really good uh, overall. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's a couple things that do unfortunately lack a little bit. I would say like overall, some of the char new characters are quite boring in comparison to some of the legacy characters. So yeah, I I I, I truly believe that this scream scream five or scream twenty two depends on which one you want to do. If they go up to scream. 22 they're really going to have an issue with naming conventions honestly but the only series that is going to get to 22 movies is going to be the fast and the furious uh <laughs> yeah i think that this scream reboot goes down as one of the better horror reboots of recent memory and i think it yeah. is in the same category as the halloween films the new halloween films yeah i feel like it opens very strong um i mean they showed the clips from the opening already in the trailer and i feel like you know they did a they did a quite a good job at doing a remake that is still a sequel so a <laughs> requel sounds kind of gross in a sense like reek huh? reminds me of Game of Thrones and it makes me put makes me feel right sick. yeah oh. I, immediately same reek. thought I was like yeah I'm thinking of reek and I was like who's getting their dick cut off and they bring back the legacy characters and they poke fun at you know I guess being the same thing that they then poke fun at 
And sometimes I feel like that could be uh, it, like it could be done in a way that um, they're not really self-aware of it and put that into the writing. I thought that the writing was quite decent overall. Like it had some fun references. I feel like the writing for some of the legacy characters is not as well done. That's one of my things. I I thought overall that <laughs> those legacy characters weren't treated incredibly well. Yeah. And I know they are rebooting this in a way where it is new characters and they do make fun of that. Mm -hmm. But you have to respect the characters, especially if you're going to bring them back. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll get to it later, but I think like Star Wars is a great example of how some legacy characters are, are brought back in a decent way. Yeah. Um, and then some are just some are just know, kind of brought fucked. back in a terrible way. Yeah, I feel, I feel yeah. like the Han Solo thing <laughs> so, was was done quite well. Uh, yeah, so, Han Solo, perfect. Yeah, Luke Skywalker, not so much. Also, in the recent Ghostbusters Afterlife, I feel like they did the legacy characters well there. I didn't really care, but I thought like they did it. Did the, they do legacy? Oh characters? shit! Well, I, I guess I just spoiled it. Uh, did they spoil it in this movie as well? well I knew so. they. Were, I knew they were in it. I knew they were in it. Right. They were on like the press tour and everything. So I oh like, right, oh, okay. Obviously, they're gonna be in. Yeah. Um, but no, I think Gail Weathers is terrible. Oh yeah, <laughs> she, she she's really. I don't bad. think she's treated great at all. Yeah. Um, I think Dewey is probably one of the better ones. Yeah. Um, and I'll and I'll get to Dewey in a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Um, because I this film made me realize something. Um, about all the recent reboots and remakes and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and also Sydney. So I think the only good character would be Dewey, and that's mainly because he's in the film for the major. Like he's in the film more. Um, yeah. I unfortunately think that both uh Sydney's and Gail, because they're kind of well, I mean Gail not as much, but Sydney being the main character, she's thrown in super last minute. And yeah. that's not fun. If you, you want to see this character, you, you open up in the trailer with it, you know, you have a like shot of Sydney being like he's back and you're thinking that Sydney's gonna come in and she's gonna fuck shit up, but she, she, doesn't, she really so. doesn't have that much to do with the overall plot. It's just that she's connected back to, I guess, the original. And I feel like they do a bit more with Dewey that way, where they used him a bit more. Yeah. We'll, we'll can talk about that, I guess. Let's push that conversation a bit further down when yeah. we yeah, are yeah, getting yeah, into yeah. spoilers. Because like we, we can really recommend, if you are a fan of the franchise, go see it. I feel like it is quite entertaining. Um, but maybe let's talk about those those new characters that come up. So we got uh, Sam Carpenter, I guess a reference to John Carpenter, who did the original Halloween and uh, the first remake of the actual, the good remake of The Thing, <laughs> I'd say. And he also did Escape from New York and uh, Big Trouble in Little China, They Live. So he has quite a few good uh, movies under his belt. And they do a couple of those references. There's another character called uh, Wes. Uh, that's obviously a reference to Wes Craven. Um, they wouldn't put that in just randomly. Uh, he's the son of uh, now Captain, or what was she? No, Sheriff, uh, Judy Hicks, who's a returning character from um, Scream 4. Uh, then we get a couple other characters, uh, Amber, who's uh, part of the friend group with Tara. Tara is the little sister of, of Sam, and um, we get Mindy and Chad, who are two twins, and they are both I guess I know that is a spoiler, but a uh, slight spoiler, I guess. But they are related to uh, Randy. Um, he was their uncle. And then we also get uh, Liv, who's uh, Jad's boyfriend. And that's kind of our... The shortest Liv character of all time. The shortest Liv character of all time? Liv? Oh, you mean like... Yeah. Right. You, the way that she spelled is just short, Liv. Shortest. That and also how stretched out her character is. <laughs> I didn't really like Liv. <laughs> She, that, all honesty. she was, uh, I want to talk about more about her and, and spoilers. I got some thoughts on her as well. There's, there's a lot of stuff that uh, we can talk about in spoilers, but the theme of legacy, we already did touch on. I feel like the meta-ness is cranked up to a level that 
Um, you know, there's a scene where they they all first get together and they kind of talk about like the implications of what's happening. To me, that was like the most fun part of you know those. I, <laughs> to bring it back up again, one of my favorite horror franchises, Final Destination. Like the way that es- things escalate in that movie, where like they all realize. Oh no, shit is about to hit the fan. We have no control over this. We got to figure this out. They play it mainly for humor here. Uh, and basically an exposition dump about a bunch of, uh, with a bunch of references and, you know, how we can treat this. And then it's also subverting our expectations. I feel like that's, that's fine. It just went on a bit too long. And sometimes it, it was a bit much. Uh, although the repeated thing of um, elevated horror, <laughs> I found kind of funny. Because like, that was funny. You know, Scream isn't trying to be that elevated horror. It really knows what it is. And I feel that's really its strength. That it knows that it is is a silly, uh, meta-heavy slash. Jordan Peele. He gets a he gets a whole like <laughs> he gets a pass. Yeah, he does get a pass. He just he just gets to do it. I guess we can talk about uh the, the reference movies when we get to specific scenes. I guess they are used in a sense like, oh, you know this? This is like this movie. <laughs> it is a lot of that, but um it still feels like the original Scream where you get to appreciate what has come before and then using it and reusing it and, you know, taking its own spin on it maybe a bit. And yeah, there's there's one more character that shows up that is kind of a spoiler. So I believe, Lachlan, let's move to a spoiler discussion of Scream. So you have been warned, uh, but let's get to it. So yeah, Lachlan, we get Billy back, a de-aged Billy. And what did you think about that? But not Stu, but not Stu. No Matthew Leonard. You get uh, you get Skeek or Rich back, but you don't get Matthew Leonard. And I'm a little bit on the fence about it. I, I having uh, Billy Loomis come back is cool. Um, and how he's integrated as well yeah. is is I'll 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 let it pass honestly. Um, because I didn't really have positive or negative thoughts about it. The whole part of Scream is the fact that there's two killers. But why are we only getting one back? Why can't we get Matthew Leonard back? I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But I want Stu as well. <laughs> Stu is just as fun, yeah, as Billy Loomis. Billy Loomis was the psycho, like this, the fucking crazy one, and and Stu was the crazy one, but the one that was still having a good time and making and cracking jokes. Billy was all seriousness, right? Yeah. Where's my Stu? I want my I want my laugh track. What is it with uh with dads leaving in this franchise? They just always leave and there's, never come yeah, back. So many daddy issues. Dad. Yeah, what the fuck there's is a no dad dads. in the Scream movie? I scream when there's no dad. I can relate. I also have a dead dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've, that is dark. <laughs> that is one of the darkest jokes you've ever made in the podcast. I know you're going to cut it out. I know you're going to cut it out. That's not a joke. It's just real life. It's not. I feel like you should. Yeah, I know, but it's. <laughs> it's not, the way you linked it, that's fucking dark, man. I love it. That's some good shit. Uh, but yeah, I feel like I, I wrote down my last note. I had like six pages of notes while I was watching the film, and my last note was just like Sam's worst enemy reflections it's like i feel like you know you you could use uh, there's, there's an overuse of i guess mirrors in horror films and doors <laughs> scream just cranks it up to 11 for both of those uh there's so many like tension built scenes that are, are just based around doors <laughs> yeah doors beats everyone in this movie in a sense uh although i was kind of wondering why we didn't get as many door slam scenes uh, where ghostface gets slammed in the door that was kind of disappointing. Yeah, Ghostface wasn't as clumsy as he usually is, which I love how clumsy Ghostface is in other films. Uh, obviously, the, the Stab films, he's not clumsy, so I guess, you know, he's not as clumsy in this film. What I found funny is, like, 
I'm jumping around here. When we find out who the killers are, there's a standoff in the hospital. And, you know, <laughs> Ghostface is really tall. And then you find out who it is. And it's like, she's she's not tall. So it's like, it makes no sense that she's like towering over uh, Tara and Sam. Stilts. It's like, yeah, she, like basically on stilts. That's why on stilts. she falls so much. So, uh, Lachlan, let's talk about, I guess, our, our favorite kill. Because we do get quite a few attacks in this <sighs> yeah, movie. That don't lead to death, although they're like they, they leave the character, and I thought like, oh, they're for sure dead. And then at the end, you see them. Oh, they made it out fine. Which also brings up questions of: Are they really making a remake so they can do sequels based on these new characters? It's like, okay, I see what you're doing there, but um, to me, <laughs> like in the original, I thought that the opening scene was once again um the strongest. Uh, I, I loved the tension building. The fighting was really intense. And I was a bit surprised by the way that they like ended with the slice to the title card that uh, Tara wasn't dead. Um, but yeah, I don't know. In the press tour, I was spoiled about that because it's like, oh yeah, you're basically one of the main characters. I was like, wait, wasn't she like in the opening bit that put in the trailer? She's for sure dead. And then she's she doesn't die for the whole movie. Is she not Drew Barrymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like the debate that they do with oh this the switch that it's like have a Graham in the stat movies and um you know yeah. Drew Barrymore in the original. It's like, wait, isn't that the same person? <laughs> by the way, by the way, I hope I hope there is a shot for shot stab remake that they've made and so they could just figure out what scenes they wanted to do. I want them to release that. That on would YouTube, be funny. Please. Please release a shot-for-shot remake of, of 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 Scream, but the stab variation. I I totally actually. You know what? Don't even put it. Make a whole brand new streaming service. Put it on there. I'll pay ten dollars a month to watch it whenever I want. I'm down to watch the stab films. Yeah, one through eight, and eight is going to be quite a divisive one, Lachlan. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the best joke of the entire film was the Ryan Johnson joke, <laughs> and then they were like arguing whether he was a shit director or not, and I was like, this very... has aged perfectly. <laughs> this is very funny. This is the greatest joke. Yeah. I that that scene had the best lines, I'd say, as well, because I, I loved oh, yeah. the line of, uh, it was, I'm paraphrasing, but I think it was like something along the lines of, so I'm just part of some psychos fan fiction. <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's a pretty great one as well. Mine is actually a kill. Uh, mine is uh, Dewey's death. Dewey's death. He. Why? Yeah. Why is it Dewey's death? It's fucking Dewey's death. Come on. Yeah. You can't tell me that Dewey's death didn't hit you in the heartstrings a little bit. Like, uh, we've got mask restrictions right now, so I was wearing my mask in the cinema, but like, I'm so glad I did because I would have had like, like snot coming out while I was crying because <laughs> I was like Dewey's. Because again, he, he, here's the thing that I was going to say earlier. Dewey's death made me realize something about these these reboots and remakes with legacy characters in it. And they have got so much emotion built up mm -hmm. since that film's release and since we've seen those films. They can actually kill off some characters and it has such an emotional weight to it. Do you think that might be because there's actual time between um, these films that they have aged, right? That is it. It's not just that they were in a previous movie. Yes, yes. Because my my two other, my two thoughts are, so basically my thought was Dewey's death isn't as emotional as some other ones because I'll reference two that I thought were much better. Mm -hmm. um, or at least one that was much better. But it was impactful. It was strong because we've got all of these movies with him and this is a character that we love that's basically unkillable. And then he dies in a fucking glorious way. Stab, stab, gets pulled up. It's like blood going everywhere. It's like it's a very, very good kill in comparison to like the stab in the leg and there's a bit of blood coming out. And then yeah. um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Chad runs away when he's limping. Like, like a lot of them are, are messy, but this one was like clean. And then, you know, Ghostface is like, it was an honor. Like it, it was good. And what made me, what it made me realize was the fact that there's gonna, there's not going to be any better death scenes 
in the foreseeable future, even as bad as films can get, that aren't as emotional as the ones where we have characters that we've had for a long period of time. So yes, we've Mm. had since 96, we've had Dewey be a character and it's had this time that certain people had seen Scream when it came out and are now seeing this one and are going to have an emotional attachment to it. Me not being born in 96, seeing Scream like originally like 10 years ago, uh, don't have as much of time, but it's still 10 years. It's why mm-hmm. when Robert Downey Jr. died in Endgame, which, by the way, spoilers for Endgame, if you haven't seen it, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I haven't seen it recently. Oh. <laughs> um, like, that's emotional because, you know, these people have had X amount of years with RDJ playing Iron Man, and a lot of films aren't really that bold to kill off characters. I, again, another two I, I, I had in my head immediately was Star Wars, when Han Solo dies, mm-hmm. which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> fucking spoilers, but Han Solo dies, go fuck yourself if you haven't seen it yet. Um, uh, you know, emotional, it's done really well because he's a character that we've had since the original Star Wars films. Then you have Luke Skywalker die, and I, I, I'm not going to blame you if you didn't know that because you didn't go see The Last Jedi, and I totally don't blame you because it's Ryan Johnson really fucking it up. But, you know, some people like it. I don't. I like it a little bit, but depends what day it is on. Um, did you like Last Jedi? Oh, I remember the debates we had in in class. Uh, what did you think? Did I you think I was Jedi? I was torn on it, and I feel I feel like Rory was was cornering me uh, to an opinion. I was I'm kind of indifferent. I feel like there's this that scene with with Luke is great. Uh, I don't think the the rest of the film really works well. I think it was stunning. I think it was fucking one of the best looking Star Wars movies in a long time. Right. Yeah. Um, visually pleasing. That is. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I thought it had some really cool ideas. Um, uh, overarching it flopped, but um, yeah. Anyway, uh, this is Scream, <laughs> not Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Um, and if you haven't seen Rise of the Skywalker, seriously, don't watch it. <laughs> Do you think that um, <laughs> the Star Wars sequels could uh, <laughs> could motivate someone to kill a bunch of people? <laughs> To get Ryan Johnson to not do. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's Same enough thing that happen. <laughs> yes, there's definitely enough. There's definitely enough years of build up, more than Scream has. True. Um, yeah. remember the, remember, I don't know if you remember, but back when school shootings were younger, they were blaming it on video games yeah. and violent movies and stuff like that. I was like, this film doesn't really help that debate now, does it? No, it <laughs> actually furthers yeah. that. Like, because Gail writes yeah. these movies, that's exactly why people kill. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gail is directly responsible for these copycat killers. Fucking Gail. And they just, they just um, farm it. It's like, oh, yeah, oh, we're cool. We, we, we killed them. We fucking pass on the torch and burn them, yeah. you to death. I was like, okay, <laughs> great stuff. In the future, we're going to have some really cool sequels where characters didn't die. At least, at least I hope that it gives filmmakers confidence to kill off characters more often mm-hmm. because it's really cool when they have a story that ends that isn't always sunshine and roses like it's like dewey never really got to you know finish his relationship with gail and that's sad even though it's not you know i wouldn't say that they really push for that in the film they definitely no. have that little emotional scene and then it's like all right dewey's dead and let's move on fuck it we got we got stabbing and killing the sea um which is totally what scream is but there are definitely other films out there that have an emotional weight and and try to do that. Um, and I think that's going to lead to some really good characters dying. I mean, fucking it, 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 spoiler alert for No Time to Die, but Daniel Craig dying at the end of that film? <laughs> ah, spot on. Since 2005. Is that Casino Royale? 2005? 2006. But yeah, no, no. So Dewey is my favorite death, mainly because the emotional weight behind it, but also I thought it was a fucking glorious kill. And also when he like pulls out the other knife and stab, oh, sorry, I guess she pulls out the other knife and stabs him in the back mm-hmm. and then says, yeah, it's been an honor. Good. I like that. I liked it a lot. Even though I don't know how 
Um, I don't know how she's walking after she's been shot <laughs> three times. Yeah, because I don't know. That's just movie logic that, you know, if you wear a West, you're just impenetrable and <laughs> you don't have any. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you don't get hurt from it. Uh, maybe, you know, for, to me, it was like they killed off Dewey. And that's the justification for them to not kill off as many other characters because it's like, you know, if you look at it filling up, I don't know, a glass of water, that was a big thing, big big piece of water. What the fuck is wrong with my mind? Uh, like there was a lot of water in it and it was like filled up to the brim, I guess, with emotional impact and just, you know, what we needed to see. And uh, then they don't kill off a bunch of other characters. To, to me, it was like the only reason after Chad got like stabbed fucking 20 times all over that he survived was just because he did not fuck <laughs> and he just magically survived yeah. and that was the movie logic he magically survived. so i guess that, i guess exactly right. i guess that's why he survived also thought it was kind of weird that um mindy gets stabbed right and then she's just kind of off to the side and then i was like where the fuck is mindy in all of this like is she just chilling just sitting around somewhere and waiting. I thought for... Mindy would die because she did drugs. She, yeah, and I guess they're they're like a bit subverting your ex expectations. So they also say like anyone can die, but they say it in the finale after Dewey has already died. So it's like, is yeah. someone else gonna die? It's like no, actually, they just do the thing that you would expect to do. And yeah, I, I thought that the whole ending bit with the reveal. Um, I haven't said that yet, but if you check my notes after the opening scene. Um, and we first get to see Man, that you've got a, that's 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 four pages. You yeah, no, it's, it's it's actually six. So that's fucking yeah, ridiculous. I got like the Jesus. Babadook, and then I wrote oh Amber's gone. Uh, I guess she's not. And then like we get Quaid and Sam for the first time. I was like, oh okay, he's the boyfriend, so he's gonna be the killer because they go back and he doesn't know what the movies are. Then we see Amber for the first time. I was like, oh, I wrote down Quaid and Amber. They're gonna be the killers. I'm calling it right now. I called it in Act One, first scenes for both of these characters. I was yeah. like. This is a pretty obvious setup with the video. I was like, that's hella sus to have that video and she's yeah. not noticing. Like, I don't know. It's just it's something about it was like, these two are... And it didn't take away from the movie. I was At the end, I was actually wondering, now, could it be Terra? Because like when they are in the car and she doesn't have the inhaler, I was like, okay, it's got to be one of these three for sure. That's for yeah. sure. But um, I was pretty set on Quaid. Uh, well, Quaid. <laughs> I'm calling it Quaid, but on, on Richie. And yeah, I guess it, it turned out to be the most... Um, most expected thing? I think that uh, it being Richie obviously makes total sense, but there was a point where I was like, oh, they could totally reveal it to be Tara or uh, Sam. Yeah. And I was like, at, at, same thought, three in the car. I was like, it has to be someone in this car. Um, so that's kind of interesting, kind of cool. But obviously <laughs> having uh, Dewey call it out, literally in the the first person he suspects, mm -hmm. it, it is brilliant. Like, like even the way that uh, Richie says, like, Come on, man. He got it first go. Excellent. Well done. I'm very, very happy that that was said earlier. The whole, I guess, the, the whole reveal of it at the end. I mean, having Amber be like an act three. I think she says like act three. Bitch. Yeah, welcome to uh, act three, bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love the word bitch in these films, by the way. Like, it's the only film that can make bitch sound intimidating. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> With Amber, uh, I just want to say this really quickly. I, I had a suspicion that it was her. I was with my partner when watching the film and she did say as soon as she kind of worked on screen, it was like, and started talking, it was like, she says, it's her. And I was like, okay, yeah. And I was thinking, I was trying to figure it out as well. Because obviously it's a murder mystery. You've got to try to figure out oh, who yeah. it is. That's why you watch the screen films, right? You try to figure out who it is before they reveal it. And I was trying to think of all these actors and what else they've been in. And I remembered that she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And I went, ooh, she can play a psychopath very, very well. Because obviously she plays... Um, 
part of uh, Manson's group. You're truly meta so that gaming was, here. That was, dude, this is where I was getting meta. <laughs> and then this is the best part about this film. This is when I was like, this film gets an extra star from me because they did this. You know, at the end, how she gets her face plummeted. This is once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. Plummeted in, and then she gets her face smashed in. Yeah, and then what happens? Oh, she's is she the one who gets burned? She's the one who gets set on fire. Oh, she's the one who gets it. I totally forgot. And then that. she comes back. Yeah, that is it. That- Dude, I was I was like, this is getting more meta, and I love it. So yeah, that was that was great. I I loved that. That was really fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, mainly for me as someone who enjoyed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I found that fun. That's how I kind of figured out it was her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna give it to T because she definitely said it before me. Um, on top of that, on top of that, Richie was kind of the one I didn't suspect. How they linked them together, it was kind of like the internet, and I and I said, okay, I'll just I'll let that slide. A subreddit. I hate. We got radicalized on 4chan. I, yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna get radicalized, it's not gonna be on Reddit. Like that's the bit we we talked about this on Roll That Again about the original and. I guess the producers wanting it to like for billions to to have a motive. Um, but yeah. uh, the writers actually Peer saying pressure, it's, it, it is actually scarier if they don't have. And they go in between with him yeah. saying it's actually way scary. Like he addresses it and then he says his motive. Yeah, here they straight up go and explain the whole motive. And I'm like, this is very silly the way that you're doing this. It's like I blame yeah. the internet and the way fandoms work. And it's like ah, that's that's the part where the meta thing was a bit too much for me, and I was all, almost rolling my eyes at it a bit and. They made a quick jump in these characters that I didn't fully buy. The way that everyone goes out, or at least um, almost goes out, the way that they are like attacked, is so brutal in this. Um, it's really in the vein of, of Ready or Not, <laughs> like in mm, the, the bloodiness yeah. of it all. It's so thrilling to be in the seat. Like I, I noticed myself leaning forward in my seat a couple times, like anticipating stuff. And um, yeah. not just because I was like, oh, there's going to be a loud noise scaring me. I was actually like, worried for these characters i thought that wes's kill i was like rooting for him to actually get out of it the knife that that was that was one of like a close third i'd say after dewey his kill is like slowly going through like his the side of his face his his cheek it it was just brutal to watch and um yeah devastating kills speaking of build-up um the death or the killing of wes in the film Mm -hmm. uh right has so many build-ups and yeah. I thought a couple were fine, but there was just maybe one too many. I feel like there's just one too many. And that's going to be me, me nitpicking, but I kind of got pissed off. Um, and I wanted to bring it up mainly because you're a Hitchcockian fan. I am. Hitchcockian? Hitch, I am a Hitch, Hitchcockian. I'm hitchhiking that cock, yes. Yes, you're a Hitch, Hitchcockian. That there, that whole scene is basically them being a circle jerk over Psycho. So I wanted to get your opinion on that one. Well, it's only just the shower thing, and then they don't do anything with it, and then they, I guess... <sighs> try I, I guess it is in the in in the vein of, of psycho to then kill someone else when you are expecting the psycho thing to happen so it's like him being mm-hmm. on the front por- uh, front porch is actually quite surprising to me it was like the whole thing of like calling in the police and then they take so long to get there when she was already on her way was a bit weird to me because like then they spend a lot of time Too you know that, that build up yeah. uh i am not a fan because it happens like it feels like it happens like 10 times in this movie where like someone is closing a door and they feel they're safe, turn around and go face there. It happens too many times. Um, yeah. where, where it gets a bit silly. So I uh, wasn't a big fan of the, uh, I guess, the build-up as to where we get to that standoff. But like the way, ho- it happens also a couple times where like a character fights off Ghostface and it's not just like, and it's not just like that slapstick stuff of punching or kicking them around and they fly off. Ghostface is a bit stronger in this, I'd say, and he's more of a menace. But the people who fight him off are also a bit stronger. Like, 
it's it's oftentimes ends in like them holding the knife against him and then getting stabbed and um it's just super impactful because it builds a lot of tension and drama between those uh yeah those two individuals so yeah i, I liked the wes scene um i wasn't a fan of them like at the get together going oh yeah he's one of the sequel characters related to one of them so he's uh like no one cares about him mm. which i i thought that it would have been a nice, uh, I guess, hint or foreshadowing if like someone like Amber said that. But obviously, it has to be Mindy who's calling out all the meta-ness. And for her not to, I guess, figure out stuff. Because she was like the smart one who knows all that stuff. But yeah. then at the same time, she's also not giving a shit about anything. Um, I, I want to get your thoughts on her scene when like Randy is in stab on the screen, I guess. Uh, and, and Ghostface is behind her. Uh, and she realizes, oh shit, I'm in that movie. I'm probably about to get stabbed. Uh, did you did you like yeah. that or, or, or not? I'm a bit torn on it. I like the part where Ghostface realized how meta it was. Because mm -hmm. Ghostface kind of like tilts his or her's head really quickly. Mm -hmm. Or obviously her, because I think it was Amber who was dressed up in that point. Because um, Amber's like, uh, sorry, like Ghostface is looking at the screen as well and is realizing this is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So at first, I, I, at this point, I was really into the meta-ness. So I, I actually did enjoy that. And to then realize the, oh shit, this is me situation was intense. I was kind of hoping the way I would have, like, I'm not saying that I'm a better filmmaker or anything, but the way I would have handled this situation was have Ghostface do the gesture and have the kind of like, because obviously in the original Ghostface, he is another sound and walks away. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I would, I would have had that. And then I would have had her realize and look around and then there's nothing there. So you then have another one of those build up kind of situations. I was hoping they would just kill her right then and there. Oh, really? You're, you're pretty, oh, okay. You're, you're pretty simple then. Yeah. No, I, I wanted it to be different that it's like now this is fucked. Like they could have gone about setting that scene up differently then. But um, yeah. I felt that, you know, I guess it also changed it up a bit by her getting stabbed. So, so he attempted to kill her. That's still in the same vein. He didn't just go off. I feel like that would have been too much of the same thing. That would have been the Force Awakens mm. of Scream, but they did it a bit differently. Um, and I'm just, I'm just a bit bummed that she was then sidelined right after that. Uh, I did enjoy the way that um, they pinned up certain characters against each other, like both of them accusing each other in, in the basement. I thought that that was a really strong scene and super tense. The person who stabbed her when she was uh, on the couch, Minnie, that is must have been Richie because he went down to the basement and then he came from that mm. side. Ghostface came from that side as well. So I just assume that it was him. And not that it wouldn't matter, I think, overall, other than like Amber being the one who killed Dewey uh, that you could, you know, you could be sure on. But yeah, what do we think about uh, a lot of these characters n not being killed off? Basically only Wes and the very boring, <laughs> really boring Liv being killed and i guess amber and richie being dead yeah so sequel time yeah it is very sequel much time. sequel time where we got sam tara uh mindy and chad who are all still alive in this sequel time it is probably sequel time um are you who's playing cotton <laughs> wait wasn't that the third one or was it the second one no the, the second i swear that I read wait maybe maybe this is the time now you, you haven't seen the fourth one right uh, feel like that's where I don't I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's like the route where they go more towards what you were might expecting with Sam, like to do a bit more of that. Uh, and I quite liked it as well. Oh, okay. So I guess uh, slight spoilers for for these movies if you haven't seen them. But uh, what's your favorite out of out of all of them, and how would you rank them from the ones you've seen? I, I guess I prefer I, I like the first one. Yeah, for me at I the top, it's it's the first, first one for sure. One. But uh, I think it literally goes one, two, three, <laughs> and then four. 
I, well, I haven't seen four. So. Ah, sorry, five. I, I, meant, I, I meant. I don't think I've seen four. And again, five, and then four goes at the bottom because I haven't seen it. But I haven't heard good things about number four. But I also think number three is kind of trash. Interesting. I thought that uh, two is the weakest. I I don't like that one that much. Which one's number three? Number three is the one where they get into all the movie producing things, and it's the like the, uh, the actor side characters. Yep. It's very silly. But I wasn't a big fan of like Sydney goes to college and then all a college friend die, uh, all a college friend die, um, that type of thing. I didn't like the killers as well. It was very, um, I guess, uh, Friday the Thirteenth esque. Uh, scream Three's new ta- tagline was, uh, "The final scream is going to be the loudest." <laughs> <laughs> now, for me, it would probably go Scream nineteen ninety six, Scream Three, Scream Five. Scream 4, Scream 2. But I feel like there's not okay. that much of difference between um, all of them individually. I feel like just the first one is elevated horror amongst them. I forgot that I was considering this one. I think I'd, I think I'd probably go 1... I have to go 1, 5, 2, 3 because I haven't seen 2 and 3 in like 10 years. So I, Me neither. I was for a brief moment considering sh- suggesting that we do a month of Scream on the Roll That Again podcast and just watch all the four. but. I feel like only the first one is really worth um, checking out. But the first four were all directed by I Wes Craven. I bet you Craven. won't say that when we come down to Final Destination. Oh, I will for sure. Sh- oh, yeah, You're going to be like, sucks. Final Destination year. We're going to watch Final Destination every day for an entire year. <laughs> we, we can skip four, but we can do a month of Final Destination and just skip four and go to one, two, three, five. Uh, and that would be totally down. But oh, such a long ways off until uh, until we get the new Final Destination film. But... Next year, it's only appropriate to probably do Halloween um, or some Halloween movie with the ending of that new trilogy. You know, the whole brutalness of the whole movie was so intense. What did you think about the conclusion of, I guess, Sam's character just like stabbing the shit out of Richie and having, uh, you know, Billy in the background, like cheering on. Go girl. I guess it was pleasant to watch uh, someone just get brutally stabbed. And yeah, it is fun to watch Billy be a little bit psychotic as well. But again, mm-hmm. it'd be better if Stu was there as you well. You just want Stu, man. They should have just popped him on 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 like the TV, <laughs> and it was just like Stu face yeah. molded in the TV. <laughs> I like the ending uh, quite a bit. I thought it was fun, other than the part where they linked um, Richie and Amber together. I thought that was a bit meh. Um, yeah. Also, if you didn't know it was going to be Amber, I mean, it was it's at the she throws a party at a at her house. So does Stu. So. I was really hoping Stu would, you know, just show up somewhere. Uh, it loses half a star for uh, no no Stu, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that overall the ending was, especially for the legacy characters, not that great. Yeah, apart from Dewey. Dewey's ending was like halfway through the films. <laughs> yeah, I thought that uh, <laughs> her stabbing him like through the side of his face was um was oh, very was appropriate for for this movie it was it was very brutal and so bloody i also enjoyed how sydney when she walked into the house was basically just shooting like <laughs> all the doors and like first she goes up to the uh, there where she where she stabbed billy with the umbrella and just shoots it <laughs> uh so that was a fun touch you actually know? no that was that was fun where amber's like help help she shot me and Sydney and Gail are like, seems like a trap. And then she realizes, yes. oh shit, it's a pretty good shot on Gail. Oh yeah, um, she's a quick whip. She could be in a western as well. So yeah, yeah, like come on, Sydney, you could have a better shot at least. So yeah, no, um, overall, I thought the ending was was pretty good for the ma- for the majority of it. 
there were issues with, in my opinion, the legacy characters and how they were treated in the end. But I loved Amber's death especially, and Richie's was also quite pleasing yeah. uh, overall. You know what it is with, with the Scream films? They are really fast-paced. They, they are not, like, short. They're not on the shorter side of horror films, but it never feels like they're, like, dragging a lot. I feel like Long there's always... Slow. yeah. Like, even the kills um, and the build-up uh, for those don't feel like they're, they're like, overly drawn out. And um, I just really like the quick pacing of it all. I, I do have a slight issue with... Um, the kill of Richie uh, with Sam just stabbing him and like you know while that is happening they are fighting Amber like Sydney and, and Gail and they shoot her she's she's uh, burning and then you know she comes back out but uh, I felt it felt odd that like first that thing happens with Amber and then the thing with Richie when I feel like although they were trying to sell like the emotional impact of it all it should have been intercut with each other because uh, mm. like Sydney and Gail are basically standing around in the kitchen after she's like burning for solid yeah. like two minutes they're while the, yeah they're just hanging yeah. out so like I, I don't know i thought that that was might have been a bit of a goof i mean it's not their movie it's sam's movie so i guess i'll just let you have it <laughs> it's just like npc standing like mm, when's my cue <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah waiting for the cue to come in yeah you know to make it uh come full circle it should it should evolve into a matrix thing direct. <laughs> yes they're all in knives out and it's just like it's just all the previous actors who played the killers in Scream are in the next Knives Out 3, right? Knives Out 2 is already cast in Knives Out 3, and you got to figure out which of them is the killer. Twist, it's all of them. <laughs> so I want to see that movie, Ryan Johnson, get on it. And you can redeem yourself for the last... Uh, no, not the last... Yeah, no, no, it was The Last Jedi. But yeah, that brings us to the end of today's show but yeah next week we are taking a look at drive my car and uh, licorice pizza also at some point next week uh we'll have our sundance recap uh with a few guests a returning guest uh zachary shevich and uh, the oscar expert and brother bro so be on the lookout for that if you want coverage throughout the festival uh you can check out my twitter i'll be posting short reviews for all the movies that i watch and i'm doing a bunch of interviews with filmmakers actors and um, cinematographers, editors, just check out the Ewing Graph podcast. There will be quite a few things dropping on that feed. You can also join our Discord and follow us on all of our socials. We do have a Twitter and Instagram, a TikTok, and whatever it is. There's a lot of stuff. Go check it out in the show notes. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Lachlan, do you have anything else to add? Uh, yeah, hashtag uh, Stu and Scream 6. <laughs> Who should it be? Who should he be related to? Like, how should they bring him back? How do you want to bring back? No, Stu? they should. They should say no. They should revive him. Revive him. Use the revival book on him, and yeah, he could be the killer that's killing them through. Play like, a reverse Uno card on him. He's no. He could be controlling people through the TV that he cut got killed by. Like he becomes mm. that comes possessed and scream turns into like uh, a type of possession movie, right? With a demon and he's haunting them. Um, so it truly becomes like that ghost face can be anyone. Um, that's what we want to see for Scream 6. Mm -hmm.